Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today I've got a special guest, Liam Walsh, one of my coaches actually, and we're going to be talking about leaning into it. Liam, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. How are we doing, my friend? Buzzing to be here. It's been, been a long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, we've been threatening it for six months, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think when we were in when we were in that last bar, I think that was the one, wasn't it? Yeah, I just bit the bullet. I was like, when are you coming on? Let's go yeah. book now. So, <laughs> yeah. The less said about that bar, the better though. That was a crazy bar, right? That was when I was looking through the old pictures to, to put on a good uh, a good uh, debrief for the week and I was looking through these pictures and I was like, Oh my god, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess for context for the listeners, we were um, we were at like an expo at Wembley, and uh, mm. for whatever reason, around Wembley seems to close at about half past ten at night. <laughs> and uh, and we'd had a few drinks, so we I think it was I think it was you googled nearest <laughs> good bar or whatever brilliant Google search you came up with, and uh, we just got an Uber to this bar, and it sort of like the only bar I've ever been to where you get quarantined before you're allowed into the real bit. It was mad, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then when we got allowed into the real bit, we realized it was because they wanted to make sure we weren't there to like start a gang war or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Good times. So um, for the listeners, who are you? <laughs> good question. <laughs> so, Liam Walsh, right? Five years in the making of being fitness trainer. Mm-hmm. Started actually started with Neil. Neil's obviously been on this podcast. Started with Neil five years ago. My own journey of like building a business, getting growth, getting systems. Sure. It started as the the one to one in person trading time for money, which is always fun when you first go in. You mm-hmm. always reach that capacity, um, which at the time was almost a bit of a dreadful time because you literally come to the point of burnout very quickly. Sure. If you don't, if you don't have your stuff together. Yeah, because you're almost like on board, on board, on board. Money comes in, time goes out. You know, we got to the point where I'd be literally going in for these like one-to-one sessions at six in the morning and finishing at eight pm with an hour in between. It was dreadful at that time. Then, um, then we moved into our own facility, um, owned like a boot camp gym, went to semi-private, and that was kind of where the whole high ticket started to come in. It wasn't now doing the whole ninety-nine pound boot camps. It was go and charge premium lower, less volume through the door, more of that and all the rest. Um, and then due to, which is what I'd probably speak about later, is a bit of a bit of a fallout with a business partner. Mm-hmm. Left me going online solo. And then that transitioned into working with Neil on a phenomenal level, getting so much passion for Neil's business, and then pretty much moving 95% of my time, energy and resources over onto him, helping coaches like how I was, you know, build a better business, build more income, build more freedom and all the rest of it. And that's where we are right now. That's the journey. That's the path that lies ahead, which is absolutely class, loving every moment of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So for the for the listener's benefit, what, what do you mean helping coaches? What What is it that you do that helps? We, we help coaches basically generate more leads on a week-to-month basis through systems like free challenges, lead magnets, using paid advertising, getting better at writing social media, more, more or less making them 
hyper aware of what to do, when to do, and how to do it in order to go from A to B. Yeah. As we know, there's like 101 things that you could do, um, but there's only a handful of things that you need to do to move the needle forward. And I think it's just this kind of thing where I was as well when I was in the one-to-one space. You know, you hear everything like grow an email list, do Facebook ads, do this, do that. And you end up like with these huge lists of things to do. And then just as you're about to go in and do it, something else comes out and all your time and attention goes, oh, I'm going to go do that instead. You know, and we kind of get lost in transit. So that's everything to do. And I think what we see as a, as a, a big point for helping these coaches move forward is just having them have a plan laid out so they know what they're supposed to be doing mm. every day of every week without going off on too many tangents and ultimately procrastinating, not moving forward, doing less things. Yeah, and I guess that uh, that accountability is huge as well. Yeah, it's because it's like the, the majority of coaches that we help are, are pretty much in the fitness space, so they know what it's like. They hold their own client. And I mean, everyone needs to be held accountable from time to time, but you see it more in fitness space. Like They hold them accountable, they stick to the plan and all the rest of it. But then what happens is they don't have their own plan to be accountable to to grow the business forward. So they're ultimately serving, 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 and going from here, there, everywhere, up, down, sideways, inside out, and not moving forward with the business and just really focusing on the clients that are within it, but not focusing on growing the clients within it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess talk, talk me through your journey then. So obviously started out with your, your 99 pound boot camps, like you say, how, yeah. how did you go from there to deciding to get a premises? So we got a premises. I, I basically, um, I was working in a gym that I detested at the time. Long story short, I used to be um, I used to be a manager at DW Fitness. Mm-hmm. Duty manager sounds better than it is. Was not very good at all. It was like minimum wage, but you just had a manager title. Nice. And there was these two PTs in the gym, and one of the guys had this goal of opening his own facility and all the rest. And I kind of like got really pally with these, so I kind of went into the mission. We opened a facility. We all put a bit of even Stephen money in. And long story short, that got turned upside down very quickly where there was no contract, there was no this, there was no that, which ended up me basically paying the guy rent and having my own clients. So it went off on a tangent, you know what I mean? Like didn't work out like it should have done, but you learn from the lessons, right? Um, And then the goal from there was I wanted to have a ticket out of that gym. I wanted to not have to work every hour in the sun for like 30, 40 quid an hour. So we opened our own gym. I opened it with a best mate at the time, opened our own gym. And that's where the bootcamp came in. The bootcamp was really good. Like it was full, but what happened was you'll reach a capacity of income very quickly mm-hmm. at 99 quid. Right. So instead, um, what we did was we rebranded the whole gym to semi-private. So it was instead of 99 for six weeks, it was nine, nine, seven, instead of one to 20 members it was one to five and yeah. instead of having no support on the back end you had your own coach because you could manage five coaches which meant that the capacity was the same amount as the boot camp but it was a higher premium yeah and you could have more coaches and serve it and all the rest which worked really well you know at the time it was just unfortunate that one at the time wasn't and i was going to say this uh, towards the end was um as a mistake as such was going into a business with a best friend and not setting boundaries oh, i see I see. That was the curveball. Yeah. That was the curveball in that one. That was where, you know, you go in, go into that and two people, similar level, you know, want to be almost like alpha as such mm-hmm. and got this idea, that idea, which very led to it quickly being like fallouts, no boundaries, no expectations. Where are we going? I want to go this way. Well, we're going to go this way. This is better. This is wrong. You know, and it just mm. kind of, and I'm pretty much um, massive in the moment. So when something's not right, I don't hang around to 
to make it right if I know it's not going to be right. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don't want any like regrets on going, oh, I should have done that 12 months ago. I should have done that 18 months ago. When you know it's going that way anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I guess someone else might be like, hang on, wait and see. And you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I think there's, there's like two, two kinds of people like that. You know, you can wait and see and try. But if you do deep down know that something is inevitably going to go the way you think it is, then there's no point holding back. You might as well, like the whole thing's about, lean into it, take the action. Yeah. And you'll find yourself for it later, which I do now. You know what I mean? It's more, more maybe so on gut instinct than anything. So at that stage, then, what made you decide that? things weren't going to carry on that way that you weren't going to stick with that business um at the time so we'd we'd been in business probably for over a year together um the morale was low the energy was low and you know when you've got almost like a business partner who's unable to um voice their opinion to open up to say you know maybe what's going on here there and there and just ultimately maybe to be able to like get together and grow together it was almost that thing where you're almost like running into a brick wall. Mm. You almost know that the voice is not getting heard. The mission's not getting heard. You know, people want to go that way. And it comes down to as well, like finances will take this, put that there rather than put it back in. So the mission was just completely everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm. And it was almost like from my point of view as, as the business owner, I was like, listen, this is where I want to go. This is where you want to go. So what's the point in being on it together? Cause you'll thrive. So I'll thrive. So, and it was just that decision yeah. there and then to be like, listen, we cut this now. You'll be better. I'll be better. Why, what, what's the need to hold on for? And it was a really good decision. I know his gym's absolutely thriving now. I'm thriving now. But at the time, it was like poor energy, poor momentum, less happiness, overworked, overstretched, no vision, no passion. It just like all kind of muddled into nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and a lot of people are probably able to relate to that because I bet so many more people have been through that whole experience. Oh, and been through it more than once. Yeah, 100%. There'll be a lot lot of listeners to this podcast who feel like that right now. Yeah. That um, they haven't necessarily got the structures in place or even, like you say, the vision or the values just just to know what to point at. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that whole thing of like growing a business, like where is the end goal? And what does it going to... Like, obviously, you can map out like five-year goals, 10-year goals, and all the rest of it. But in between all that, it's no good to say, you know, we want to go here. There has to be some sort of foundation. Yeah. Well, what is required to get there? What is that going to go into? What are we reinvesting this into? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to run a, you know, half-million-pound business. Like, well, how is it going to work, you know? Uh, And all those conversations you need to have around kind of what your individual goals are as well, because if it's like oh, I want stacks of cash. Well, that personality type will want to draw cash out of the business more than maybe you do. Or yeah. uh, if it's, I want more time to spend with my family, well, that personality type is going to want clear time blocked off Yeah, where they are not in work mode. And again, if that's going to cause problems or if that, you know, you have to navigate around these things. Yeah, 100%. It's just having, I think it's just like, you know, having the conversation, asking better questions. Something that I've heard time and time over again by um, Mr. Paul Moore. Like he always yeah. says, you know, ask the, ask the bigger and better questions and you get a better response. But I think what, what I did, and I know what a lot of people will do as well, is didn't ask the questions. Yeah. You know, and ultimately you kind of get so far and it's also like a bit too late at such. Yeah. And when you're in the trenches, you forget to ask questions. You're in the trenches, aren't you? You know, and I think at the time as well, it was um, when COVID was was just hitting. 
So he was even more in the trenches. You know, he was ultimately, as a gym owner at that time, it was pivoting, trying to fight for survival and get everyone online, get more online, change your mission, change your messaging. No one knew how long we was going to be online for, so it meant that your whole content had to go online. So that yeah. comes with a different thing in itself, you know, so you're literally just focused in that moment, not about anything else, but just literally to get to the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. And, and the staff are I mean, it, my trainer down here and, and the gyms I know around here, obviously the government initially announced this is a three-week lockdown. So... Yeah. Most gyms and trainers that I knew just thought, right, okay, I've I've got enough in the bank to, I, yeah. can, I can cope with three weeks, and then we'll get back to it. Yeah, and obviously that isn't how it panned out. No, it's mad, but you know that was that was just that time. But it's it's almost that thing of like humongous lessons were learned from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, humongous lessons were learned in retrospect of like if there was ever to be that scenario ever again going into business with someone, you just hundred percent know what to do differently and it would be so much different yeah every 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 roadblock every hurdle every challenge like has to be looked at like this is a lesson it's a win it's a positive because otherwise you know you get into that negative headspace it's a it's a dark place to try and pull yourself out of on your own especially yeah i mean um i I was talking to someone whilst i was away actually about how it's okay to lose as long as you learn Mm. from it yeah and uh, they didn't really agree with me, but I, I was like, no, like I hate losing. Don't get me wrong. I hate losing and I, and I never yeah. want to lose. But when I do mm-hmm. lose, if I don't learn from it, then it's a whole lot more painful. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I'm similar position to you. Actually, I, I don't like losing, but in the same sense, I actually have learned to enjoy it. Because yeah. when you've been through all them dark stages of business growth, going through it and all the rest, like you have to, yeah, have yeah, because it's not going to get any different, you know. Even them lessons learned there. Let's imagine I was to go and do the exact same with a different person, best friend or whatever. There would still be issues. Yeah, it wouldn't be like, oh, it happened once. I'm going to go and do it now, and it'll be all be perfect. It wouldn't. Yeah, no way. And you can't control them. No, so, exactly that. So, and it's the same with clients. It's the same with staff. It's the same with suppliers. You don't know that they're not going to have, I don't know, a car accident or their flight's going to be delayed or their yeah. their internet goes down. or And these things can really derail you. And if you let it, you can you can spiral into a dark place quite quickly. Yeah. If you let every, every business negative impact you that way, then your outlook will just be so different. Everything will just be a, a huge failure. Yeah. And it's far easier to lean into negatives than it is to lean into positives because the whole world is geared to make you lean into negatives. Everything around us is geared to make us negative. You know what I mean? The news, people, everything, like it's all geared around that. And especially like when you look from COVID, it was a podcast I was listening to actually. I think it was Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins' podcast about obviously the news and, you know, every, everything just is just like literally in front of you to cause fear, 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 fear. And everyone, everyone will lean into that just because of the way that we are, and you know, yeah. how many years. Um, so it's so right. And I think, it takes it takes time, and I think it takes mentoring, and I think it takes a lot of practice and skill and and commitment to get out of being in that headspace. Yeah, and it also takes you to go through the challenges and come out of it with a positive. You know what I mean? So you have mm. to be in the you can't suddenly be a positive person. You have to be through it, accept it, be challenged, and then come out of it going, okay, that was actually all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, we did this, it lost, it didn't work, but you know, here's the lesson. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. So at that stage, then you've kind of decided, right, we're, we're parking that and 
That's a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you do? Well, you know what? It's funny, right? Well, it's not actually funny. Um, so at the time, this business was set up with a best friend. So it was almost like going from being an in-person PT, younger, and then going, right, let's open a gym together. So there was no contracts. There was no nothing. It was just like a gentleman's agreement before, you know, we're best mates. It'll be open forever. But it was at that point where I'd reached my limit, reached my limit. And I'm not a guy who likes confrontation, right? I'll avoid okay. any cost in, in certain scenarios. So when it came to me, like, this is what I'm going to do. It was literally a phone call, a, this is how it's going to be. Like, I'm not happy. This is why I think it's not working, blah, blah, blah. And the, and the guy agreed like fully, you know, he just agreed like, yeah, this is where I'm at, blah, blah, blah. And I literally just left the gym, literally left everything. I didn't walk away with any money. I didn't walk away with any clients. I didn't walk. I actually walked away with two clients who followed me from the gym, but I just left it because I just wanted, I didn't want a back and forth and a debate and all this shit. I was just like, I'm going to walk. You can keep everything and I'll go with nothing. I think that's more in me because I like a challenge as well. So that's mm -hmm. probably a bit of me being stubborn, but I literally walked away with two clients and then went straight online. And that's where the whole premise of me really utilizing a repeatable system in marketing came into play. Because that's when I did the whole free challenge every single week for five months straight. Yeah. And went bananas with it. So what give me give me some something to quantify bananas so that people listening. We know. went from I went from so two clients at like four hundred pounds a month earning to um close to two hundred members paying me forty seven quid a month. So it cool. went from like 400 to like 13 and a half K monthly in five months. Had an email list of zero because I didn't do any more marketing because it was just a gym. Referrals, messenger, when you could run messenger ads, which was absolutely an amazing time to be alive. Um, to having an email list of 5,000 people who would all know me now for being online, not in person. Because I'd only been in person for the past five years. Yeah, yeah, sure. That was my gig. That was my gig. Everyone knew me as Liam Walsh, the body confidence coach from Preston. Like, that was it. No one knew me for body confidence coach online. So it was almost that time of like, how are we now going to go from zero to a number? And I had a kid on the way, right? I had a kid on the way. I was getting married. I had like, I think my, my Louie, he's like 16 months now, was due to be born in five months. So you could say that the decision as a whole was pretty much very impulsive from leaving, but just do it in the moment. Yeah, right? sure. Uh, from that point, it was from that to that many clients, zero to 5,000 5,000 email subscribers, and also the fact that literally every person who came through that immersive experience with me all knew me, my price, my product, who I was, what I did, and all the rest of it. So it meant that now as well on my Facebook, I had all these new friends. And on my Instagram, I had all these new followers who all knew me for all that stuff. So quite quickly, in a space of zero to five months, I had a new audience. That's that was it. Anchor. Yeah, and that was just through not going for the shiny object shit that I would used to do, not going for all the stuff that I thought I needed to do back in the one-to-one -one PT days. It was literally doing one system consistently every single week. And regardless if no one bought or people bought, I did it every week. I once had a challenge with 500 people, not 500, 300 people in there. My biggest ever challenge, free challenge, it was a step challenge, right? Yeah. So ladies would come in, they would do steps, I'd do motivational stuff and then offer them a thing at the end. I had once had one in there with 300 people and not one person bought 47 quid. Why? Not one person. You know what I mean? But it didn't stop me because I knew that eventually it would be fruitful on the other end. So I still did one every week. And then little Louis arrived in five months' time. The business was like thriving. I had all them clients and I just stopped doing challenges. But what, it was just that. Nah, what's the most you signed off a challenge? 
As in um, income-wise? No, people, people-wise. Most people that joined? Yeah. Um, 300 was the most. Sorry, I mean, off the back of the challenge, signed up. To... Oh, um, I think the most was about 42. Why? Why? Yeah. Really, really fruitful. Um, just, I think the offer was, obviously, it was a lower ticket offer as well. Yeah. You know, 47 quid. And I think then as well, I actually packaged it instead of monthly, because the whole word monthly sometimes, you know, um, we did it at like six weeks. So it was more of an experience. Yeah. And people bought it. So thingy. You know, and I was I was always also coming across the messages, which people do when they've got a different programs. Like you don't need a one to one coach. You don't need to go and pay nine nine seven. What you need is this, and it's only forty seven. And everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And the program, don't get me wrong, was amazing. I offered a lot in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was just that whole for me the massive lesson from it was one, you know, you're going into that business partnership, setting the expectations, but two, whenever there's a moment of doubt or like you're lacking self-belief or, you know, things aren't going to plan. The time to lean in is then. Yeah. That's the time to lean in. Cause if you don't lean in and things not going the right way, then you're in for a bigger shock. Yeah. You've got to lean into your discomfort big time. I, I didn't lean in right now. I could have been working at somewhere like Aldi. I had 400 pounds a month coming in and yeah. a baby on the five months. I had built, Soph didn't work. Soph literally got, um, Soph's the wife, by the way. She literally got um, made redundant two months prior. So it was almost that thing of like, you don't need to work. We'll look after the kid. Da, 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 da. So it was at that point, you know, it was like, it's either we fly now or we don't. Like, there's only two options. Like, I'm either getting a job or this is going to work. And it does work, though. You don't think, though, whenever you go into situations like this that need to work, you lean in so much does he work? Yeah, 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 yeah. It needs to happen. Give or take, not always, but when something needs to happen, like it needs to happen, you'll put so much time, energy into it to make it happen in, in some way, shape, or form. That's yeah. personal, my personal experience. I, I think that's very true. If, you, if you're going to make it as a business owner, solopreneur, entrepreneur, mm. um, when you lean in hard, when you have to, because that's when you do, generally, yes. um, it will work. If it doesn't work, that should be probably a big warning sign to you that, yes. that, that maybe business is not for you kind of thing. Yeah, 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 100%. So right. from 400 quid a month to 13 and a half grand a month in five months, um, mm. how did you keep a lid on that? Because that's, like, psychologically, that that's a big change. Yeah. To be fair, back, I think because I already... At this point, like I'd had different my, my, men, the, the, the mindset mentors and I'd been through the whole like period where I was pretty strong-minded in that sense. Yeah. So I was already planning for what to do with the money when I'd have it. So Soph wasn't working, so it's bills for that. Soph's mum hated her job so much that I took her out of her job to work for me. So it's yeah. like all this money that I was congulating, I knew exactly what to do with it and when to do it. It wasn't just like get the money and throw it away over there. It was yeah. like... You know, I've told you the whole story that I want to move into Spain. I want to do this and that. So that was always been a mission. So all this stuff, it just fits seamlessly in there because mm-hmm. I already had a plan for it. It wasn't like, you know, you get it and you go, ah, you know, where's this going? Like, quick, get rid of it. Let's go and buy a new car. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Happens. But there's that many people that, you know, I guess uh, a mentality that's really easy to fall into is, oh, I've worked really hard this month. It's gone really well. I, yes. de- I deserve to treat myself. Yes. And... 
you know, you, obviously, yeah, the answer is yes, you do. You probably should treat yourself a little bit, but it's yeah. very easy to like just everyone lives by their means, and when their means grow, they completely change yeah. their lifestyles, and so you end up no happier and no better off. No, literally not. And I think that's why it's super important just to have a clear understanding on where are you actually going. Mm. Not, where, not where the business is going where are you going what are you doing where are you living who are you with what are you doing inside that time how are you spending it and then all them things make sense on what to do with it rather than just like getting to the end of the month and going okay I'm going to treat myself why I don't know yeah you know like you just, you just, a lot of people don't know because they're all so you get so fixated in it and sometimes your business grows without you really meaning it to and then it's just like you know you get to that point and there's nothing past it like where where is it going there and not, yeah. not many people have an answer you know, yeah so yeah waste it. and then they buy things that aren't related to their personal vision or personal dreams or mood board or however they do it sort of thing so yeah 100 percent. you know you'll, you'll probably see the most common one um and this isn't against anyone but i just i've just seen it across the board is the most common one is if if anyone in business goes does really well the first thing they'll do is go and buy a nice car mm-hmm because they don't know what there's no there's no extra thing that the plan wasn't to always get a nice car. It was just the fact that there's this big lump of money now. Okay, what can I do? I can go maybe get something a bit flashy. Mm. And that's not to say it's a bad thing, but people a lot. That's the reason why people do it is because they don't know why or what or who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've seen business people do car, house, uh, shoes. Shoes seems to be a popular one at the moment, actually. Um, what else have I seen? Gambling. They literally yeah, don't, they yeah, don't yeah. know what just to, throwing it on. Yeah, hundred percent. They don't know what to do with it, so they just spend it like that. Yeah, drinking obviously that's a big one, and uh, mm. and then you justify it through, well, I'm under a lot of pressure. Yada yada yada, and then mm. it. Yeah. Um. So you've reached that point, then. You know, baby is due. Uh, yes. Business, you know, for essentially someone working on their own at that point, business is in a very very healthy place how did you then lean into it knowing i've got to spend time with my baby got to spend time with my wife but i've built a bit of a monster so what we did inside the program was i literally outsourced every possible thing that i could Mm -hmm. so graphics for coaches graham hurst sexy man who was on this show um he handled so my just for context my group program was literally all run through a facebook group yeah. It had exercise in there, it had challenges, it had all these things to keep the ladies accountable within it. But Graham, what Graham did then was he took me away from Canva and designed everything possibly for a graphic design that could go in there, like the calendar, the icons, the workout uh, thumbnails, everything like that. Then I actually met a guy in Neil's program who did um, online workouts, and it was just literally the workout. So he did online workouts, he was just basically to get people back into training. I got him to come and take over me for doing the training. So that was my graphics done. That was my workouts done, which by the way, at the time it was free every week. And then to film that was at least two hours. So that was six hours of my time a week. And then to edit it was humongous, right? So that was a massive part for me. And then because I spent a lot of time with the ladies in the group on mindset, Gary Rankin, if you know him, he came into the group and delivered a session once or twice a week on mindset. So all of a sudden, I was still in there, I was still coaching, I was still jumping on Q&As and blah, blah, blah. But that that all in all literally saved me like, I don't even know what it would have saved me, 20 hours a month, give or take, if not more. Yeah. 
and then all all the group the, the the whole automation of the group from doing and you know sales into the group and all the rest that was all automated so literally by the point and then we had um we had so the wife's mum of course come in yeah. and she literally started replying as me to hold the ladies accountable yeah took it all took it all away she was my success coach and what did, what did that mean for you then what was your time like then Oh, mate, it was, it was incredible. It meant that I could just literally spend time when I wanted with Lou and Soph. And I'm always searching for that time. I'm always searching for extra time. You always have to have that balance, right? Yeah. Just, just, you know, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. But it meant that I wasn't committed to doing the things that I didn't want to do. I didn't want to sit there, I didn't want to sit there and, and work out and then go and edit it for three hours. Yeah. I didn't want to go and do graphic design because I'm not a graphic designer. You know, I'm very transparent with myself. I'm not a mindset coach. I'm all right with mindset, but I'm, mm-hmm. no, I'm not an expert in mindset. So I'll give it to the person who's the expert. Yeah. So it actually meant that the program ended up 10 times better than what it was as me running it. But then I could spend more time with Lou and so if I could go away on holiday, I wouldn't feel like I was stuck in the, you know, compare it to the one-to-one PT business or the gym business. You know, if I was still in that setting, I wouldn't have just been able to take time off. No, sure. You know, because you would have had to be in the gym. You would have had to do the sessions. You didn't do the sessions, you didn't get paid. So you were obviously more than willing to reinvest in yourself to buy time. Yes, 100%. That's a big learning thing for anyone listening to this. Yeah, man. I think there's always that kind of scarcity around investing in yourself to get time back or investing in yourself to grow. But it all, well, always, it, it should always pay off depending on what the thing is. You think about it as well. Like for me, just just as a comparative here, like doing free workouts every week. So that's three hours, right? Filming and then editing an hour. So that's six hours. That six hours is now gone from the week. What can I do with that six hours? That's a day out with Soul and Louis. Or that's a day on selling. If I was doing high tickets, more selling on the higher things. It's like a whole thing about £10,000, £1,000 task. You know, that time of doing stuff that I absolutely detested now can be so much fruitful, whether it's family time or more focus on higher end business stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's massive. I think it's just a huge task. Yeah. I think it's just so good just to be able to, you know, look at the business and think, what are the, what are the tasks that I don't want to do? What can I get rid of? Cause everyone can take it off you. Like there's so much stuff everyone can do now. Everything of your business can literally be passed on. Yeah. That's huge. So speaking of which, where do we find you now? Now in this in this current path is with um with Neil Shoney, so managing Neil's clients um as head of client success. So mm-hmm. similar similar to how I've always done business, my my big passion is just literally about getting involved with people and helping them, right? And that's yeah. why I've been so passionate with Neil because he's helped me go through all that stuff. But now all the lessons learned from marketing, from growing the business, from mindset, from outsourcing, from passing it, that can now all be transferred to coaches who pretty much give or take were in a similar position to me before I joined Neil. Yeah. And it's so good, man. Cause they come in, you know, some of them are lost. Some of them are confused. Some of them don't know what to do, when to do and how to do it, how to outsource, who to give that to, is this the right decision? And it's so good to be able to help people do that. Yeah. Cause you know what it felt like to be in that position. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, make or break or do this or do that or what happens when my Facebook ads don't go to plan, which is always a common one, right? Because they are... <laughs> when my account gets shut down. Where, where they want to go, you know? Man, I tell you what, just off a complete tangent here, like when we had the gym, Facebook ads, when, mess- when it was Messenger ads, that was the time 
that was the time. So we filled, filled the gym with messenger ads. It was, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think you and Neil both talk about, talk oh, about that. So um, good. And I mean, for context, we're quite happy with a lead between sort of five and 15 pounds now. Mm. And like five years ago, you could do that for 25p maybe oh my god yeah so, it's yeah you could you could literally for our for our excuse me for our gym when it was the boot camp messenger ads you could literally put on 200 pounds and practically get like 20 new clients yeah it was like and and it wasn't even any anything that was um what's the word like super creative it wasn't like a Five ads, five images, five copies. Yeah, yeah. It was literally one copy, one image, one ad. Join our gym, click here. Yeah, yeah. Join our gym, click for more info. And it'd be like, info, info, info. And you just have a conversation with someone. You know what I mean? Mm. And they join. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. But now, obviously, a few more loopholes. But yeah. But no, man, that's that's the, the current journey, the current mission. And to be honest with you, I see it being, um, being a long term vision. Nice. Sure. Nice. So. Speaking of leading into uh, discomfort, what's the uh, the best mistake you've ever made? The best mistake I ever made, and I, I probably just covered this already, but it was going into the business with a best friend. Mm-hmm. Simply because of all the lessons made, but also because of all the outcomes. Yeah. After. You know what I mean? Like, if I didn't take that decision to go into that and it's always about what ifs and what happens and all the rest of it. But like, I couldn't be here right now. I couldn't be here serving Neil's clients. I couldn't be on this podcast with you. Sure. You know, I couldn't be having Louie at home and the wife being able to not have to worry about getting a job. Yeah. Like that, that mistake at the time, just being like, Oh, it's going to be really amazing. Let's do it. Yeah. Da, da, da. Had so many knock on effects, a bit rough, but like, life's pretty much perfect now. Nice man. Nice. So my last question, it's a bit, it's a a gentle one. What's your, what's your favorite film and why? Um, Star Wars, Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith. Really? Yeah. Best one. Um, Are you watching Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah. Watched the first two already. Yeah, me too. I reckon good. I'm impressed. Yeah. I I think if you like Revenge of the Sith, you'd be well into Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I was literally, honestly... So, so, so full day on the day it was coming out was literally every time I went into the kitchen, that oh, guess what it is tonight? Well, we won't go over. Guess what it is tonight? Oh, I've been buzzing for it all this time. Nice. I, I watched that intro to it and I was like, gonna have to replay that bit, gonna have to replay that again. Playing emotional, man. It's like the thing that I've been brought up with, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Just having like some sort of like um, heroistical person to look at. So, who's, what's your favorite scene in Revenge of the Sith? Favorite scene is I think the favorite scene is when Anakin Skywalker turns into Darth Vader, goes into the Jedi Temple, and does a big massacre. All the kids, that's nice. (laughs) Just because it's like that whole thing of when, like you grow up with, like a New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of Jedi. You see Vader, 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 and this is the point where it's almost like there he is all this time. Yeah. See, I, I. I'll be honest, I find that hard because I felt like, although he'd done a few naughty things up to that point, that was there's like there's a big difference between kind of like getting revenge for your mum and stuff to yeah. 
to uh, at one point he looks like he's about to stop um, the emperor from yeah 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 yeah, yeah and then suddenly he's like killing kids man it's, it's insane and strangling his own pregnant wife I mean he, he literally that film is just is that your is your, your favourite out of all of them or not no no so um, my favourite and it's just for, it'll be for similar reasons I'm a little bit older than you so I was brought. I was brought up on the original trilogy, um, yes. not not as they came out. I'm not that old, but um, <laughs> but like I loved uh, Return of the Jedi because, and it's for similar reasons. It closes the story off. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Ewoks as a kid. Like like when you're a kid, Ewoks were awesome. Um, <laughs> I loved like the AT-AT coming through the woods and stuff, yeah, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, just. That's that's my favourite Star Wars, but for very similar reasons as you say, the whole thing goes yeah. full circle. Um, but then I like, I really like. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. What's the? It's not in the. It's not in the nine films. But, Rogue One. Yeah, sorry, Rogue. The Darth Vader scene in Rogue One. Oh man, I, I literally put that scene on when I'm eating my dinner sometimes just to watch the end scene. I'm just like, this is so badass. Yeah. Because that's Darth not- Vader for me. That's what I imagined yeah. Darth Vader at the peak of his powers to be. Just yeah, yeah. Such good. I got like a big smile now. So I just love Star Wars. It's yeah, so, yeah. So good, so good isn't it? <laughs> but I'm annoyed that like Disney Plus don't drop a whole series as one, so I can just oh, binge it. I actually, I actually watched Obi Wan, and I was just like, should I just wait for four weeks and just watch it all in one? I was like, nah, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's yeah. when the second the second episode came on, and it was it was like twenty minutes short on the first one. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to like pause this just to keep like I don't want it's it to end. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, just make it last a bit longer. And I'm sat there watching it with Hannah. I watched it yesterday because I couldn't watch it Friday, and uh, there's so mm. many Easter eggs in it, and I'm mm. like pointing them all out, and she's just like, shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's that's the clone of Django Fett. She's like, yeah, yeah. I don't care. I don't know who Django Fett is. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, love it. So good. Right. So uh, we should wrap up there, really. But leaning into <laughs> it, what's uh, what would be your number one piece of advice for people struggling to lean into it? Um, I think literally have the the clearest picture on the whole purpose behind why you even got into it. And where you want to be and how does it look? How does it feel? Is it with wife, husband, partner, whoever it is? Like, how does the vision look at the very yeah. end? And if it's super clear, you will literally do everything to make it happen. There's nice. no lying no about that. Nice. Liam, and that's you've been a legend. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, brother.